morning 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 this is pastor jay and like always we're going to go ahead and start off with a scripture and a prayer and like the scripture we'll be coming from is proverbs 23 23 buy the truth and do not sell it wisdom instruction and insight as well you got to know that we have to go for the truth. Don't short sell yourself for a lie. And make sure that what you're doing makes sense. Amen? Amen. Dear Father, thank you, Lord, for everything, God. Thank you for all the things that you've done this week. Thank you, God, for all the things that you're going to do this week. God, just continue to be with us continue to be there for us god we just we just thank you we glorify you we give you all the glory and all the praise god continue to help us in the ways that we need help continue to clear our minds continue to help us away from the stinking thinking god just continue to help us as a whole lord god we just thank you right now and we, we just need you to, to be there for us. Comfort us, Lord. Give us the direction. Give us the way. Give us the truth. And God, for the people that's weary, the people that's tired, the people that is going through, God, give them the strength and give them the courage. We say that they need it right now. Comfort someone's heart right now, Lord. And God, we just thank you. We glorify you. We said it all in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen, amen. Amen, amen. This is Pastor Jay, and like always, we are live. Hey, hey now, say now. <laughs> so, we're, we're live, and like always, we're going to just go ahead and announcements. But you can find me at Anointed Jaylon on Instagram and Twitter. And then you can find me on Facebook at Pastor Jaylon Calhoun. Um, yeah, you're listening to the app right now or the website because that's how you're listening to me. <laughs> morning, morning, morning. Good morning, everyone. This is Lady AJ. And feel free to drop me a line at LadyAJ2020 at gmail.com. And this is Coach Hill. You can find me on Instagram at 910Coach. And remember, patience is a talent that a lot of people don't have. Amen. So we're going to go ahead and go into the mix. And we'll see you guys hmm, probably about 730. But let's think about something. Let's talk about something big by Enrique Holmes. One of my favorite songs of this year. Hope you like it. Waiting on a change to come In the midnight Wondering where's the sun You gotta know That God always comes through Just get ready For what he's about to do It's gonna be big Big in your life It's gonna be big Big in your life Oh my God 
about to blow your mind. You better get ready because it's going to be big. So you've been weeping. something the next thing that God is gonna do in your life is getting ready to be real big he's gonna do exceedingly abundantly above everything that you could ever ask or think prepare yourself now because it's gonna be big let me encourage you I know you've been praying and I know you've been waiting but don't give up now breakthrough is on the way beautiful ashes joy for your sadness the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. just giving God the praise for saving you? 
Besides still waters, he restoreth my soul. When you become a believer, your spirit is made right. Sometimes the soul doesn't get the notice. It has a hole in it due to things that's happened in the past, hurt, abuse, molestation. But we want to speak to you today and tell you that God wants to heal the hole in your soul. 
Some people's actions are not because their spirit is wrong, but it's because the past has left a hole in their soul. May this wisdom help you get over your past and remind you that God wants to heal the hole in your soul. I have my sister, Leandria, here. She's going to help me share this wisdom and tell this story. Cause all I seem to do is hurt me declaration a decree so I'm speaking for all of you listening starting here starting now the things that hurt you in the past won't control your future starting now this is a new day this is your exodus you are officially released now sing it for me Leandria
had some good days. I've had some hills to climb. I've had some weary days. And some sleepless nights. But when I, when I look around, yeah, I think things over. All of my good days outweigh my bad days. Sometimes the clouds hang low. I can hardly see the road. I ask the question, Lord, Lord, why so much pain? But he knows what's best for me. Although my weary eyes, they can't see. So I'll just say, thank you, Lord. I, I won't complain. So good to me. Has he been good? He's been good to me. More than this whole world, are you could ever be? He's been so good. Tears away, turn my midnight in today, so I'll just say thank you, Lord. I've been lied on, but thank you, Lord. I've been talked about, but thank you, Lord. I've been misunderstood. But thank you, Lord. You might be sick, body rocking with pain. But thank you, Lord. The bills are due. Don't know where the money coming from. But thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I won't complain. He's been good to me. 
more than this whole world are you could ever be. He's been so good. He's been so good. He's been so good. So good. So good. So good. So good. Tell me, 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 me. Never stop you from crying. Turn my midnight into day. Take it up. Let's flip a little bit. Take it to church, Daryl. I just came to tell you, hold on. Doesn't matter what you're facing right now. The promise of the Lord is that it's temporary inconvenience for permanent improvement. So go on through your Monday. Praise him on Tuesday. Shout on Wednesday. Glorify him on Thursday. Get yourself ready Friday. And then get set. Because the Bible said that your weeping may endure for the night, but hold on, because when the morning comes, your joy will be there. When...
untraveled some roads a rolling stone nowhere feels like home and i've seen people come then they go and life is just a story of some highs and some lows tell me do you believe in miracles i'm standing here before your eyes i've grown many rivers i've walked through some pain i've seen my world crumble and i've carried the shame but i know somebody he calls me his own i can hear heaven singing out to be king we put all our hope inside material things mm, in your light i now understand that everything i have ain't everything that i am oh sometimes i feel like i'm not good enough but that's when love
Where are you going? One day. See? See, that sound better, y'all. All right, y'all. Amen, amen, amen. We're going to go ahead and go into the interview. And with being on the interview, I was told, actually, that we have another Pastor Jay in the building. <laughs> Got territorial about that name. Yeah, but. you got real sensitive. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm not Pastor Jay. Not today. So, with that being said, we have Pastor Juanita in the building, y'all. Everybody yes. clap it up. That was too long of a delay for the claps. <laughs> 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 I'm going to need you to be like my church. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> they the get amped. We're we going to get amped. All right, now. So, everybody listening, we're going to go ahead and, and start the interview. And with that being said, Pastor Juanita, what got you into ministry? And, and that mic on your, head, on your head don't work, so you oh. have to use the one below oh. you. Hello? <laughs> <laughs> okay, is that it? Yeah. Yep. Can you hear me? Okay, I'm good. A little closer. So, can I just move this like? Yeah, you can, okay. you can move it all the way up. Okay, can I? Yeah. Or down? Oh, all the okay, way up. well, don't oh, worry about that it. That one don't work. I just feel like I'm playing like. Like a game or something. Okay, I'm good. Anyway, anywho, we're in the interview, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I don't know. Let me see if I catch y'all. I don't know if anything like kind of got me there in in terms of this is what I thought I wanted to do, because um, I really didn't want to be a pastor at all. Say um, it. Um, because I don't. You know, I told somebody anybody that wants to be a pastor needs to get their head examined. Because it's just a lot that goes into it, right. and so, um, and I don't, I don't even think you really realize everything that goes into it right. until like you're in it, and then you're like, "Can I just change my mind?" Because I don't really know if I want to do this. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you know, when I was about twenty five, twenty six years old, I guess, I felt um, the call, and I went and talked to my pastor about it, um, Dr. Fowler. Um, Victory Baptist Church, and he he kind of just said, "Oh, I'm I'm glad you realize it, you know, that you're you're called." And then, so then I got an attitude with him because I was like, um, "What? You know, <laughs> you already knew? Like, who told you?" He's like, "The Lord." So, um, so yeah, so I just um, went from there, and I enrolled at Liberty University in Lynchburg, Virginia, online, and I obtained my first degree in religion and then because um, I didn't want to be you know a, a preacher that did not have some credentials behind me mm -hmm. and so I did that and then I started my own ministry Juanita Thomas Ministries and then from there um, Christ the King was birthed um, about four years ago going on four years ago and um, that's it that's kind of how I got into it amen yeah man so <clears throat> what what I guess you could say so since pastoring wasn't your first thing on your mind what was the thing that you aspired to be because before ministry i can tell you i wanted to be a singer and i was halfway there doing it because um when i was doing ministry i still was singing on the side so i loved singing i loved being on the road i was performing and it was the hyphy movement during the time that i was doing singing <laughs> so i was juiced i was with the hyphy movement little piece of history y'all just don't know my name i'm jenkins uh. anyway <laughs> so it was just dope and then god was like nah you're yeah. going to ministry and i was like 
Uh, actually, it was crazy. I had a car accident 2009 President's Day. My uh, few year anniversary of that accident happened where I flipped three times and I heard the calling of God because I was playing church. Yeah. And I'm going to just put that out there for everybody that's listening. Sometimes you could play church. And I was just going to church to be the minister of music and get paid. Gotcha. And God w- was like, okay, you running. Because people were coming to church saying, you're supposed to be a pastor. You're supposed to be a minister. And I'm like, yeah, I can sing. Hey, let's direct right quick. We'll make that Kurt Franklin edition or something. <laughs> and I flipped on President's Day. I remember listening to the Biggie. Uh, album because was you listen to Biggie. I oh, was okay. listening to Biggie. Yes, I was because the Notorious <laughs> movie just came out, so I had the soundtrack. And yeah, and um, I was flipping. I remember it was raining, and I flipped, and I flipped three times on the freeway, and all I could hear is, "I'm not done with you yet." Because mm-hmm. I thought in my head, I guess I'm gonna see Biggie since I'm about, I'm listening to him. See, that's my <laughs> fault. It's Monday on President's Day. I'm mad. I gotta go to work, and God just came and was like, "I'm not, I'm not, I'm not finished with you yet." So I was like, okay, that was weird. Came out of the accident without a scratch after I heard that. So that was that's just a little rundown of Pastor Jay's testimony of Pastor Jay Mel type, since we have two Pastor Jays in the that's building. That's right. That's right. Um, of how I got into ministry just as that. So I know with how I just went through all my little rendition with Biggie and all that <laughs> you had something that you wanted to do, and then God kind of directed you a different way. Um. You know what's so crazy? Okay, I'm gonna tell you. This is the truth. So when my my uh, when I was married to my children's father, um, I just was gonna be like the first lady of a church. That's pretty much what I thought. And so I was gonna be, you know, his wife, and I was gonna be like his mother because he comes from a, a family that, um, you know, they're they're all pastors and all that. So really, you know, this sounds like super not me at this point. If you really knew me, you would know how that would be way below my standard at this point in life at 42. Um, but I was just going to be the first lady and, you know, like be cute on the front row. Maybe, you know, I get a little older and I get me a little hat, you know, <laughs> do my thing. Um, but then um, the Lord called me and like I said, um, I was going through a medical crisis at the time. Mm-hmm. And so I remember going like, okay, God, if you like get me through this, then, you know, I will answer the call. Mm. And I really believe that I probably wouldn't have done it. I would have definitely had a Jonah spirit and just like ran from it. But it was through that moment that I just said, okay, well, if you get me through it, then I'll accept the call. And he got me through it. So I was like, psych. And he was like, oh no, you're accepting this call. (laughs) So, um, I accepted the, the, the call, and again, I went and spoke with my pastor, and then from there, it just kind of um, blossomed. So I really, you know, had very low expectations, which, I mean, I'm not saying that a first lady is, is a low expectation, but in terms of where I am now, um, I just, I wouldn't have thought I would have been a pastor, let alone a lead pastor. Um, that just was not in the plans at all. Amen. Yeah. So I didn't even want to, like, preach. I didn't even want to talk in front of people. Well, like right. literally, you know, um, I could talk with friends, but in terms of talking to people and dispensing information and flowing in the anointing and all these things that, that come with it, there's no way. I just would have never chose this path for me. So the Lord has to sometimes put you in situations like mm-hmm. what you went through. And when you go through those type of moments, it's like you sort of just have to surrender it. And so I surrendered it and, and you know, we are where we are. But even as a, you know, going into ministry and accepting the call, I, I still would not have wanted to be a pastor. Maybe 
you know, woman's like minister or like the children's minister or youth minister or something. But like I said, to lead, to be a lead pastor, that's just not, that was not in the plans mm-hmm. at all. It's not, it wasn't in your plans. It wasn't in my plans, that's for <laughs> right. sure. But, you know, so you, you accept that call and then you just sort of, I, I feel like I just am like hanging on. Um, I think it was Tasha Cobbs who said, I'm just like living in the gray. You know, I don't really have a a complete worked out plan. It's just kind of like wherever the Lord leads me, I'm going to go. Mm-hmm. And it, it's worked for me thus far. Amen. It's Amen. worked for me thus far. So, Is, is there like a verse you go to before you uh, preach or anything like that? Usually the, the verse I'm preaching, you know, from is <laughs> where I go. I try to just kind of keep myself saturated wherever, wherever I am. Um, I'm not preaching today, which is why I took the... Took, took the uh, interview at 7 o'clock in the morning. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> <So> Me was... <laughs> either. <laughs> <laughs> because had I been preaching, I would probably be trying to regurgitate my sermon just to make sure it's in, in my head. Right. But, yeah, so wherever I'm, I'm at for that week is usually what I try to stick with. And I usually will preach my sermon to myself, to my kids, to the congregation, to the lady at Starbucks. Whoever's going to listen to me is usually where I kind of – try to saturate myself to kind of keep myself in that mode, whatever I'm preaching. So next month I'm starting a series, um, Faith Through Failure. Mm. So we're going to be talking about four different men of faith who completely failed and how that, you know, ultimately built their faith. So, you know, if we were doing this interview a month from now, I would be right there. (laughs) Amen. Right. Right. So what was your let go, let God moment? I I guess I'll explain it a little more. So the day that I finally said, I'm just going to let you do everything, you know? Mm -hmm. And when I finally did that, I ended up moving from the Bay Area to Vegas. Mm -hmm. I ended up um, starting a church, and I ended up starting Anointed Radio. So, and that was all with no plan. That was just saying, God said, go do this. And I'm like, okay, because... Well, for me personally, I was tired of getting whooped by God because I was being disobedient. So, um, what was your let go and let God moment? You know, and I guess I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that um, I had any intent for to like to have that let go, let God. It was just like you know your situation where you just kind of like, okay, I guess my back is against the wall, so I guess I'm just gonna have to surrender and like submit myself. But it was when I went through my divorce. Mm-hmm. Um, so the situation was, I was, um, you know, you know, going to divorce him. It was, we, we were done. Okay. We were done two years before the divorce, mm-hmm. you know, so, but it was just one of those moments where you kind of go, well, I got three kids and I don't want to raise them by myself and this and that. And we had just gotten to a point in place that it was just time to move on. And that's a whole nother story and a whole nother testimony, a whole nother interview. <laughs> um, but um, we, we were just to that point in place. And so I was starting this new job, um, DHL Supply Chain at, at the time. And, um, you know, I went to my ex-husband. I said, okay, so this is where we are. And he was like, well, I guess we are. And I had these three little kids. And to make a very, very long story um, short, we were in the midst of, of, of the breakup, and I was extremely scared. Just like, what am I going to do? And I remember my oldest son, Tyler, he'll be 23 in July, but at the time he was like six years old. And um, he came up the stairs. He says, hey, are, are we leaving? And I don't even know how he figured it out. I was like, what, huh? You know, he says, are we leaving? I says, yeah, we're leaving. This is like literally the night. I left. 
and he says, are we leaving? I says, yes, we're leaving. He says, he says, we're never coming back, are we? And I was like, no, we, we, we're never going to come back. And he was like, all right, let's go. And we just got our little Walmart bag and with our little clothes in it, we went to my mama's house. And then the next day I started my, my new job at 8 a.m. and slept on my mama's floor. And it was just at that moment that I was like, I don't really have a plan, mm. but um, I really, we, I have to go. It's just one of those things where it was not a situation where I could stay. It just, I just had to, to get out of it. Um, so I took me and my kids, I raised them um, by myself for you know the whole time they're you know now they're uh, about to be 23 20 and 19 and um that was just that moment so i literally have been living my life in the gray for at least the last 16 17 years wow and um but to god be the glory you know because it was in that moment that i went back to school i was like you know like I, I guess I'm going to go back to school because my pastor told me I probably should. Mm-hmm. So um, I went back to school. I went to Liberty University. I went to Mid-America Christian University. I went to Friends International Christian University. Um, I obtained from AA to PhD. Um, I opened up a beauty shop. I opened up the church. I started my own ministry. I had my kids involved in ministry. Um, yeah, so th- but there was no plan, really. It was just kind of like, Let's just see what happens. So it was that that was it was in that moment that it was like, this is God and He has to take the wheel and I'm I'm out of it. Mm-hmm. Let Him do what He does. And you know what? Like He's really revealed and showed Himself to be strong, in not only my life but my seed's life. Right. You know, my my younger two children ended up having um, a, a pretty severe learning disability, mm-hmm. and it was in that moment again by myself, like just punching through life by myself, and going oh. Oh my God, they like really got a learning disability, like for real, for real. And so I'm like, what are we going to do? And so I ended up going to get the the, the first one, Madison, um, with the learning disability, get her a couple of trades. She's now a nail technician and an esthetician here in, in Vegas. She has her own little side business um, doing that as well as working for a company. Um, and then my youngest son is I'm in barber uh, barber school. So you know we had to do we had to we had to shift some things you know be creative in how we went about it because college was not an option for them and then my oldest son is finishing up his um, bachelor's degree in um, business management so you know god is good we we should be statistics trust me we should be statistics but god has just shown himself to be strong that was my long story but god moment amen and one thing i wanted to say just because you might have a, a, a woman, a young lady that is hearing your story and your testimony mm-hmm. that will say, okay, what was that final confirmation that was like, okay, I got to go? For the marriage? Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I want to say this because this is a very, in, a very big topic because yeah. a lot of people sit in something because of, oh, divorce is bad. Yeah. But... A lot of times, like uh, Pastor Michael Todd said, you didn't go to God for your spouse in the first place. Mm-hmm. You just picked it because you liked him. You picked him because you felt something. Mm-hmm. And y'all could be unequally yoked, and sometimes that turns toxic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, with me growing up in a, I could say from me growing up in a background where I saw toxic relationships and, and being in the poverty area, because I'm not mm-hmm. going to say it, the area that everybody says, okay, I grew up in the ghetto. So, um, <laughs> so we're growing up there and seeing 
the type, you know, especially when I was younger, back in the early 90s, dudes were still beating women when I was kids, you know, and I, I grew up around dope dealers and, 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 and dope fiends and all kind of things. That's what I saw. So it's very scary nowadays because now the 90 kids, the 80s kids mm-hmm. are now in their 30s, late 20s, and those traits ain't far off from what we, what, what we saw, you know, yeah. and, th- and those people from the 90s is 60s and 70s kids. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So you guys seeing the generational stuff that yeah. is still passing on. So it's just like, I think a lot of times we put ourselves in situations because we don't know how to deal with ourselves. Mm-hmm. So what was that thing that you would tell some young woman or young man? You never know. Nowadays. It's, exactly. Yeah. Um, that, you know, it's, that's, it, it's, it's okay to break it off. So what I was absolutely not going to do was um, continue the generational curse. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you you do everything you can. You go to counselors or at least suggest that. You go to your pastor. I I did everything that I knew to do. Mm -hmm. Okay. It just was not going to work. And this was Mm -hmm. not a, I just don't like you no more. It wasn't a situation like that. It was a situation that um, I would have subjected my children to continue what I saw growing up. Mm. I was not going to do that. Um, so I decided to, to move forward. And, um, and you know, hope, hope, I was hoping I didn't have to do it on my own, but that, that wasn't the case, you know. Mm. So, but I wouldn't be who I am today mm. had I not did it, had the Lord not kind of allowed those things to come my, my direction. So um, for me, I would just say I, I'm not, you know, for me I wasn't um, desperate. You know, it's like it didn't, I didn't want to put myself in, in a situation just because the church people were going to look down on me. There you go. So I remember, like, going through that. So he, we went to the same church, and he was a preacher at the church. Um, and I remember the the shame. Like, I'm telling you, and this is a huge church, right in Vegas, Victory. That's why I went. And um, I remember being so embarrassed because everyone knew, and this was you know, they called me Cookie at the time. This was Chris and Cookie, you know, and I'm just being like straight up and honest. And I remember being so embarrassed and wanting to leave the church. And I was just actually telling my leaders yesterday at our leaders meeting, had I left at that moment that I wanted to leave, I would not be here. Christ the right. King would not be in existence. Mm. Um, but, um, yeah, so I just did not want to be desperate and going, you know, I don't want the church people to talk about me. I don't want, you know, to raise my children by myself. You know, I just was like, you know what? It is what it is. I'm not going to allow my children to see certain things. At this point, if I if I walk away, they won't remember the things that they may have saw. Um, so Tyler would have been six, Madison would have been three, and I think Marshall was about to turn two. Mm. And so I said, well, if I leave now, then I can, like, not allow them to see those things. If I continue, then for sure I'm going to allow them to see things that they may start to repeat right. or they may allow to be um, to happen to them. And so I just said, you know what? I'm just going to walk by faith and not by sight. I'm out. And, you know, the Lord has, again, shown himself strong in that situation. So, you know, with women, this is really what I would say, and I guess anybody, um, don't be desperate. Right. You know, I see so many young people falling into this situation, especially a lot of young women falling into a situation where they're just desperate 
they've been alone so long that they just will settle for anything. Well, you know, the scary thing about Las Vegas, I remember I, I was, uh, I met with, I was a bus driver here in Las Vegas. That's how I actually got the idea of Anointed Radio because I was listening to the radio okay, every day and gotcha. I said, I could do that. Um, but I met somebody that told me her nickname was Priceless. Because she said, growing up in Vegas, she's always was a, approached by pimps and was like, oh, you know, you pretty. And then she was like, I'm priceless. I, I, you okay. can't buy me. Okay. You know, and that I was like, okay, that's deep, yeah. you know. But it's not many women that think that way. There was right? not. And, there was not. and mm-hmm. that's something that I definitely encourage, especially with me having my own, yeah. you know, my own daughter. And to encouraging her, saying, you know, you don't need somebody to tell you you're pretty. You already know you are. Right. You don't need to fall for the banana in the tailpipe because yeah. people will get what they want from you and then leave you high and dry. So you got to realize this. And, you know, I try to drop the wisdom of mm-hmm. my grandmother. Y'all always hear it on the show. But I try to drop the little gems that my grandmother mm-hmm. left and always remember, you know, because you got to understand that if ain't nobody else going to take care of you, you going to take care of you. That's right. And, um... The thing that is a deep topic, it will definitely have to go on another interview, is how church folks, I'm not saying believers, I said church folks, people uh-huh. that go to church and, and folks, uh-huh. um, love to crucify uh-huh. real life situations they don't know That's nothing about. about. That's right. My God. Yeah. Right. Because, you know, it's so many things that is out there that's real life. You know, pastors yeah. are people. Ministers are people, deacons are people, and everybody that, first of all, the people that's, a lot of people that's talking was already looking for an excuse to talk about somebody at church anyway. So that's not, that's disregard. That's like Jesus and the Pharisees. They want to talk about me. But the thing that's deep is when you think about the person, the mother, the, the, the friend, the person that's in church to sit on that same row and you'd be like, ooh, girl, or hey, man, this is your trip. And they'd be looking at you like, well, you know, and you'd be like, man, you against me too? It's rough, but it's a God experience. What, what do you yeah. mean by this? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to preach today because I'm not preaching today, but I want to <laughs> say this. It's a God experience because you have to realize God is showing you that despite who's around you, everybody ain't going to be there when you need them. You need to go to God. That's right. Because everybody, we think, ah, that's my dog or, oh, that's my homegirl or, or whatever. And then when it gets rough, Yep. When you need that help and you ain't got nowhere to go to, you like, uh, hello, you calling, you get voicemails, or again, oh, your 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 call was forwarded to voicemail, <laughs> and then you sit here in the midnight hour crying and praying and and tripping and and like, man, I'm gonna just go MIA. I'm nobody cares. Yep. And God, like, well, I do. Yep. I cut all them off so that you could talk to me. Right. Because they was going to talk a distraction and be just a noise in your ear. And I'm trying to give you direction. Yeah. So sometimes we have to realize despite, because some people are so, they're scared to stand on their own. Yeah. 100%. Because a lot of times we feel like I can't be the oddball out. Some people do habits because they can't stand by their own. That's why you have the thing social smokers, social drinkers, and things like that. And it's like knowing yourself about, okay, there's some things I can stand on my own and some things I can't stand on my own. But we have to realize this. The stuff that you're weak in, you got to start saying, God, I need help with it. Yeah. Because that's what's going to get you through. Mm-hmm. Because... There's so many people stuck in situations. Yes. And true people of God have to realize that, first of all, 
I, from my pa my pastor and my mentor, Pastor M.T. Thompson, always told me, nowhere in the Bible it says to be a Christian. So this whole thing of Christian, being a Christian, mm -hmm. that's something that we made as tradition. It told you to be a disciple. Mm -hmm. You should follow the example of Christ, right? Christ wouldn't sit here and be bashing you. He's going to be trying to help you. Mm -hmm. Amen. Mm -hmm. People forget that part of love thy neighbor. As you love yourself, yourself. Mm -hmm. because a lot of people love themselves way more that they will they will do you a certain way, but be mad when you do it to them. That's sure right. enough. I do that purposely to people. Just throw that out there. If you yell at me on the phone, I'll yell back. I just did that to my dad actually, and he was mad because I said because <laughs> I called him. I'm gonna tell y'all a quick story, and I'm gonna let her go back to her interview. But this is funny. <laughs> <laughs> it came to my head. My dad always called me, say, "Hey, where you at?" And I was like. Okay, I gotta get him back one day, and I had the perfect chance because he was at my house the other day, and I, he wasn't at the house, and I was like, so I called him, and first of all, I hate when people blow me up on the phone. So if y'all ever blow me up, you will <laughs> yes. get blocked. So he, unless you were my parent, I can't block my parents. But my dad was blowing me up, so I, I was like, I gotta blow him back up. So I was blowing him up, and when he answered, I said, this is the chance. And I said, where are you at? He said, who are you talking to? I said, well, does that? Then I had to change up the answer and be like. So does that feel good? <laughs> do, do you like when people talk to you it's that a way? Teachable moment. Exactly. Because I had to change it because he got mad real quick. It went zero to one hundred real <laughs> quick. And then yeah, he was like, "Nah, I don't like that." I said, "That's how you talk to me." So just teach him a moment. But back to Pastor J, female type. <laughs> so what? One what thing? What, let me form my words because I'm still razzled about my dad part. Yeah. So. <laughs> What is something that you can say that you would give to somebody that if you could go? Let's. I like that answer. I'm, I'm forming it in my head while I'm saying it. So, if you could go talk to Pastor J before Pastor J, female type. I have to keep saying female type. I'm not talking about me. I'm not conceited, y'all. There's another Pastor J in the radio. All right. That's right. So, if Pastor J Juanita can go back to talk to herself before pastor title, before minister title, before yeah. all the stuff and mm -hmm. use in that situation, what would you tell yourself? I would tell myself, know your value. Amen. Um, so, I, I, and I really want to say this because I really feel led to say this. So, I don't know why I'm feeling led, but this dating, that they, I just want to talk to the women. Go ahead. Listen, women out there, you know, when you are dating someone, Especially women who, you know, you know, as a Christian, sometimes we say, well, I'm not trying to date just a date. I'm dating to find myself a husband. Okay. So I'm just saying, like, if you're to that point where you're like, you know what, I'm ready for, you know, the, the, the next level. I want to date for real, for real, and I want to find that, that person. Really keep your eyes open. Right. right. Because I'm telling you, like, the warning signs will be right there. I was just right. talking to my daughter because now, you know, I told somebody that I used to be in the driver's seat with my kids, and then I moved to, like, the side seat, right. like the passenger, and then I like moved in the back, and now I'm in the trunk, pretty much. But I was talking <laughs> to her, and and so you know, the, all my children, they, they live away, they live like together in in, in my rental prop property. Um, but I, I did that on purpose, like y'all go and be adults because you say you are. Anyway, that's a whole nother. Can we do another interview? Like, yeah, we, we're and gonna all, bring you back. Yeah, we, we don't need to do that because um, I need to talk to the parents. But no, um, so, and I was talking to my daughter, and we were talking about warning signs, uh, you know, when you're dating a man and warning signs. 
and she was telling me, she was like, yeah, like, if you think about, like, when you date somebody, like, you can really see it. It's like you keep your eyes open. That's true. So, and this was from a soon-to-be 20-year-old, and she was like, you know, when I date a guy, now, she's not dating to marry because she's too young for that. Hopefully, Jesus, like, let it happen a long time from take now. Take the will. Yeah, take, <laughs> take the will on that. But she was telling me, and I just, I agree with it, and I want to just drop that into women's um spheres and I guess men too and that is like keep your eyes open and don't be so desperate like I want to be married I want to be married because sometimes we just get to that end result of mm -hmm. I don't want to sin against God I don't want to you know and I get that and I'm a hundred percent advocate of not being you know intimate with someone unless they're your spouse but I am saying don't be so desperate to want to be married that you end up just like selling yourself short Right. You know, and then right. you end up selling for someone who is just not equally yoked with you. There you go. You know, or um, putting yourself in a position where maybe they are Christian, um, but they're unequally yoked in terms of being on the same level you're on. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So we're, we're, we're Christian. We both love the Lord, but we're not on the same level. So you're going to cause me a bunch of headaches even though you are Christian. Right. Man, I'm going to say this. I'm going to honestly say, man... I'm gonna just say it. So I'm going on record with this. So I had before I was married, I was I had I was the Christian relationship, and that was the most toxic relationship I was in. Mm -hmm. I was the we both had our churches. I was in the choir. She was in the youth ministry, and we was doing it big. We was we was all that and power couple. Power couple, mm -hmm. church power couple, young, yep. going to church, all yep. that. And behind closed doors, outside church, cussing each other out, going at it. Yeah. She talked to somebody else. I'm talking. It was a mess, but it was cool <laughs> to look at the, the relationship. Yes. Yes. It was cool because we was like, well, we both Christian. Well, we both in church. And, well, we ain't doing something. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, and I want people to really stop that because you never know you might be the gateway to lead that person just because that person might not know god don't mean that that person might not be for you yeah. because my wife didn't know god and when i got with her i didn't force her to go to church we was married and i'm like well i'm going to church babe i'm taking the kids all right and then she got lonely okay you could be at church <laughs> with us <laughs> with us or you could be at home watching novelas oh darling i'm right and she was like now nah, I'm gonna come to church with y'all, and then she start learning about God, and she start getting it. So don't sit there and sit there and be like, "Oh, well, you don't know God. You don't know if yeah. you might be the person that bring them to start wondering about God." Yes, you yeah. know, I uh, I just heard someone say, "Every believer doesn't believe." Man, and everybody that ain't church is not saved. Saved. Say it right. And everybody that's in your face ain't your friend. Who? I, I will. Right. I will also say that you know I wasn't a believer when I met my wife. But the thing was, the day before I met my wife, I prayed to God. Mm. And, you know. And what I, sparked that, you see? Yeah, I didn't know what really sparked it because fast forward three months before that, I was living a life, running in the streets, doing everything I needed to do to survive because that's, that's all I know. Mm -hmm. Right. So I prayed to God for change, and I got a phone call to get work in Las Vegas. So I took that. Then I came out here, I started doing the same thing. And I'm sitting there in my, you know, my nice apartment. I'm on the strip. I'm at where you want to be if you're single. Right. I'm where the action's at. And I just sat there in my room like, 
you know, excuse, you know, I'm not going to say it the way I said it then, but, you know, yeah, I was like, yeah, 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 God, yeah. We're on stop the sending me <laughs> and send me a wife. Come Amen. On. And I met my wife the next day. And, you know, we started rocking hard. And then the second week, you know, church is on Sunday. She's like, well, you know, we're about to go to church. I'm like, oh, I'll see you when you get back. She's like, no, that ain't the way it operates. <laughs> if you're going to be with me, you're going to I can hear your to wife say that. Yeah, so, you like, so now I'm going to church. And, and I told her the whole story. Hey, last time I tried to go to church, you know, I started sweating. The devil was on me. Like, this, is, like, this story is crazy. Like, I completely soaking wet. Go to my car. I'm completely dry. So I turn back around. I'm going to go back into church. As soon as I got inside the church building, I, I'm wet again completely. Like, I'm wet like I just got out the pool and put my shoes on wet. That's the feeling I had. Then I uh, go back out. No, no more sweat, no more coughing, none of that. So the devil really had a hold in me, and my wife broke the devil off me. Because when I went to church and met Pastor Benny Perez at the Church of South Las Vegas, I felt home. It was a feeling I could not explain. Amen. I, I didn't have no more worries. I was sitting there, and I'm just listening. I'm like, wow, this is almost full circle. I, I prayed twice, and two good things came. I got a new right. job, new opportunity. Now I met a potential wife. Right. It's showing me all new, different aspects and avenues. So what I say is, you don't have to be church and church to, to, no. to start it. No. But if no. God is the foundation, there you go. That couple is through the roof. There's well, nothing you, you can't yeah. do. I wanted to put on this. I don't know. We talking about relationships today, but let's go talk about the relationship steps. So first of all, we first have to realize who that person is. Because mm -hmm. a lot of times we get to be like, Oh, you cute. Oh, you fine. And then you get together and you be like, What's your color favorite color, huh? You don't even know the basics. So first take the step of knowing this person, yeah. knowing the mannerisms and all this stuff. And then let's go with this. All right, let's say you fast forward. Maybe I'm talking to the married people now. Married people, there's a, two books out there I want you to read. It's Praying Husband and Praying Wife. Mm -hmm. I want you to have that give you reflection because Praying Husband, Praying Wife gave me an insight of understanding this. It ain't about what you always pointing your finger and saying what they ain't doing. Start talking about what you are doing. Because a lot of times we love to be like, well, just like Adam. Adam did it in the Bible. Mm -hmm. Well, this woman that you gave me, gave me the apple. Mm -hmm. We love to do that still today. But like, well, he ain't, he ain't, you know. And <laughs> and, the, and, the, and when the husband, well, she ain't doing what she's supposed to do. And we constantly don't talk about what are we doing. True. You know, and a lot of times I see complacency when we come into marriages nowadays because people get comfortable. You know, this you ain't dressing up the way you used to. You're not doing attention. And you wonder why uh, infidelity is high. You're wondering why this. Because if you're not taking care of your responsibilities, People get tired. Let's be honest. We're, you know, we could we could act all saved and holy. That's I've true. never acted all like that. I'm going to be honest with you. I've, I've been the radical uh, believer ever since I became in Christ. Mm -hmm. But I, I, if you be real with yourself and you're real with the situation, you understand this, that God's going to show you signs before, way before it gets horrible. Yep. You know, before it's unsalvageable. Mm -hmm. And the main thing is, you got to want to change. Amen. You can't just be like, well, when he changed, I changed. Or when she changed, well, that's why I'm going to change. Nah, because first of all, 
who are you? You know, like, who are you to say you could do this? And who are you to be like, well, I need her to change. You ain't even changing. If you can't be an example, then you can't expect. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you can simply say it like that because a lot of people will be like, well, I'm, I, I, well, she need to do it like that. Well, you ain't even showing right. Yeah. And, and let's talk about being behind closed doors as a, as a couple because everybody know how it is as a couple behind closed doors because we see it either on social media because everybody don't know what privacy is anymore. So you know your issues. You know, and one thing I could, I, I definitely could say, because I've been to so many passive conferences, and the, and the first thing that you hear in your relationship, especially from the first ladies or or first man, because mm -hmm. there's female pastors, is this, and you're supposed to be a pastor. Mm -hmm. That is a cut that does not help, mm -hmm. because yeah, I was a, I'm a pastor, but first, I was a person. I'm a human. I was a person. Mm -hmm. That came with issues because a lot of us bring baggage to the relationship yep. and we don't even identify the baggage until it blows up and just it's a bomb. Like you'd be like, all right, so this person be tripping on me. Why? Because don't you think that's something that's a sign like like mm -hmm. Pastor F Female Type J said was <laughs> <laughs> well, female, type. female type. Like she said, you have to start seeing it as a whole. Mm -hmm. Don't be. I'm going to change. You can't change nobody. You can't even change yourself. Come it says on. in the Bible, I do things I don't want to do, and the mm -hmm. things I want to do, I don't do. Mm -hmm. So obviously you can't change nobody. Mm -hmm. So it's not your job to change nobody. And like us pastors learn in a very hard way, you ain't Jesus, so you can't save everybody. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, in your relationship, be honest with yourself and be honest with what you can do yeah. and what you That's can't right. do. I want to add something too um, for you know married couples and people always say, well, how can you get uh, married? You know, marriage advice and you're not married. And my response to that is, neither was Paul. That's right. Yeah. So we need to you know make sure we know our Bibles before we start talking, especially to me because I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it to you. But um, I would say this as married couples or couples period, like maybe you're on your way to get married. Um, watch the people in your ear. Mm. Yeah. Man. Because the person in your ear <laughs> could be the man. <laughs> the person in your ear. Let me tell y'all something. Female types, because males see this. Mm -hmm. And that's the things where you got to kind of sometimes, even if you mad at your man, mm -hmm. listen to what he's saying. Mm -hmm. Because it might not, it's not what he say that made you mad is how he said it. But mm -hmm. still, there's a message in there. Mm -hmm. Because that, that one girl that might be like, he ain't nothing, he ain't nothing, she's plotting to take your spot. That's true. Or or it could be, you know, from like the, the flip side of that. Right. Would be like, you know, a guy who's in your ear. Mm -hmm. Right. Trying to tell you what. About your girl. Yeah, or, you know, whatever. Like, they can tell you just a bunch of stuff. So, uh, let me just, full disclosure. Okay. So, you know, somebody will be in your ear telling you, well, you know... Because I've had this happen. I've heard people say this. Like, well, you know, everybody kind of got this going on on the side. Everybody got side pieces. Mm -hmm. False. And it's like, false. That's, that's, false. that's super right. false. That's like super false. My wife would kill me. Yes. So, but the thing is this. If you believe that, right. that's then why you got to watch what you listen you to. You got to watch what you speak into existence. Yeah, because the problem with that is this. If, if I chose to believe that because I didn't know any better, 
then I would think, well, then if everybody does, then what's the point of trying to find true love? And then even if I find it, then it's okay to kind of have a little side piece off to the side because everybody's doing it. Well, guess what? Everybody is not doing it. That's right. No. Well, I, Everybody's I, not doing it. I would say if you find a good enough main course meal, there's no need for no side piece. Well, you know, one thing, I, I'm, 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 I'm going to go with, you know, the ending of Black History Month coming soon and tell people to realize the generational curses that ain't that been far, that's not that far from our generation. Yep. So look back at this. Color Purple Days is what, 1902 to uh, like 1930? Yeah. Okay. Early. You saw what happened. First, grown people messing with kids. That mm -hmm. was a generational curse that started from that time frame and probably earlier into slavery. Yeah. Second thing was men laying, being like the temptation said, Papa was a Rolling Stone. Mm -hmm. Who was their parents back in the day? People mm -hmm. from 1910 to 1930. Mm -hmm. So now if you look at these generations, it ain't just started now with side piece because no. we've heard Grandpa had had kid over there we just ain't talked about. Some you know, kids across the street. <laughs> man, who you that's telling? Right. You went to school and we were like, who your grand? That's my granddaddy. I'm glad we ain't never talked. <laughs> you know, those are the things that yeah. you, you have, you've seen that is just now they just say different words. Mm -hmm. They just say, you know, because if you think about it, marriage, a lot of people's marriages, when they were saying, well, you know, grandpa has somebody, it showed that grandma sat there and said, you know what, either I'm going to fight for this marriage or we done. And a lot of grandma was like, I, I put too much in you, Negro. I'm sorry mm -hmm. to let let you go. So we got kids. So either you're going to fix this or she's going to disappear. Well, mm -hmm. that's something my grandma probably would have said. Mm -hmm. But still, you have to look at all this stuff is generational curses that nobody ever addressed, and they just said, "Well, my granddaddy did it, well, my daddy did it, well, my mama did it, and this is how we did." Sure. Even Misha Lay, you know, hopefully mm -hmm. she don't get me for saying this. Misha Lay, the singer, even said on her little documentary, "Well, my mama and my Mimi told me that it's okay for men to beat on me." So when I was going and getting beat by the people that got a lot of money, that I'm not gonna say on this on this radio show, <laughs> I didn't do nothing. That's what she said on her documentary, remember? Mm -hmm. So that is passed down. It ain't just Misha Leda's grandparents and mama thought that way. There's a lot yeah. of people that thought that way and was like, well, that's the normal, what you just said. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, uh, they got a little piece on the side and, well, you know, it's okay. He get mad. Just don't get, don't make him angry anymore. That is because people was too tired to stand up and say, I'm going to change it. Even if I don't know this way, I'm going to make a way. Yeah, I'm going to tell you, this is this is like some another part of my, my testimony, and I'm going to say it really quick, but my, um, so I grew up with five boys, five brothers, and I had a sister that was older than me, so she had gotten married, and so she was out the house, and it was me with five boys, so you, Detroit, so it's like people, you know, people like look at the, this and think that they got me summed up, and they don't understand that, um, you don't have me summed up for sure, because I, pretty much in Detroit, like, you got to fight. Like, mm -hmm. if you don't fight, you just, you don't get beat up every day. That's what's going to happen. Day. Pretty much every day. So, like, even if you so don't want to fight. So, you lived in fight, the ghetto, too. That's yeah, what's yeah. up. Okay. I was in the urban area. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I remember my, I was, I have a twin brother. His name is Juan. And um, so, and we called him Man. So, we still call him Man. So, me and Man were, like, arguing about something. And then my mom was like, you know what? You need to just go and... Uh, kick her behind, kick her butt, but you know, she didn't say butt. And um, so I was like, you gonna tell my twin to fight me? Like, I can't, this is what she was advocating. And she, she says, yeah, because you need to learn to shut your mouth. Mm. Mm. 
And I remember going, okay, so we fought. Like, he, like, knocked my tooth out. It was, like, bad. And then she was like, so you learned your lesson. You know, don't you talk to him all crazy, you know, and this and that. And I was just like, you know, I didn't really learn the lesson. But the point that she kind of put in my spirit, I guess, as I got older and then I got married. See, now it's because I make him mad. So I heard my mom's voice. I'm telling you, this is, like, the facts. Okay, I heard my mom's voice saying, if you wouldn't have made him mad or you shouldn't be talking that smack or you shouldn't be talking that junk, mm. if you wouldn't have talked that junk, then he wouldn't have had to punch your, you know, punch in your mouth. Mm. So then when I get married, I'm going, oh, it's because I'm making him mad. So if I could stop making him mad or if I would stop doing this, I kept going, it's me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. See, I'm the reason why he's getting mad. Right. And then one day I realized, wait a second, I'm, I haven't even did anything. I'm like, I just want you to be home at a normal time because we got, like, three kids. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think it's cool for you to shut your phone off. Like, that's not cool. Like, Help me. Yeah. Like Kevin Hart said, help me. <laughs> yeah. right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think you should be going back to visit your parents in Detroit and, like, cutting your phone off and I don't hear from you the whole week you're gone. Like, that, that don't seem normal to me. So I'm not doing anything other than asking you to be a good husband. And so if that means that we got to go at it because I'm asking you to be a good husband and help me raise these kids, then, um, you know, it is what it is. So I'm saying to, to mothers, watch what you say to your children. Yes, right. because your kids will follow your suit if you like it or not because it's, it's about what they see. It's not about what you say. Absolutely. Because they'll, that, that example that you put, your kids follow it. Yeah. And, you know, I... I I'm even going to be full disclosure then. You know, I'm just throw that out We're just there. being honest I'm up gonna in be here. Honest. I'm going to be Christian honest. No, I ain't, because Christian honest be a lie. So I'm going to be honest, honest. So <laughs> um, I remember I told my wife simply, I never learned what a fa- what a husband or father was. Because yeah. when and a husband went, went bad on his wife, mm-hmm. in my eyes, or what yeah. I've saw. Mm-hmm. You know, dragged women down the street, or you, you know, call all kind of bees and all kind of stuff. So, and then as a father, or and, and add on to the husband part, and had kids from this one to this one to this one to this one. That was the example. That mm-hmm. wasn't what was told to me. Mm-hmm. That was what I saw. So that's yep. the, don't you only gonna go based off what you saw. Someone yep. told me I had a whole argument with somebody because it was like, well, if you didn't know how to be a good husband, you could research it. Well. We come, I, I, y'all forgot that I grew up in the AOL era, you know. Mm-hmm. Internet is not what it used, you know, what it yeah. is now. Yep. So when you, you know, even going back to 2008, nine, think about it. Our phones couldn't even do internet like that. Yep. So it's like, don't sit here and use the resources that we have now to ex- input expectations. Yep. You got to look at this. You're going to go based off what you saw because there's an imprint in your child development that will go and say, well, my dad handled it like this. Mm-hmm. My mama handled it like this. Well, you know, because a lot of us have those issues where like, hold on, my daddy didn't even get talked to like this. You ain't going to talk to me like that. And you're like, who are you to be talking to your, the woman you love? Because yep. that's the thing that gets me. We treat the people we love like crap and then the people that we don't love we treat them like kings and it's backwards you know because we take care of the wrong people and then the people that we supposed to be taking care of we don't and it's like looking at that you have to understand you are the example if you want your daughter to find a a a real good man then you need to be treating your wife or the mother of your child you ain't got to be married to show your daughter that guess what this is how you treat mommy yeah so you don't let nobody else treat you this way you know and then you have to look at for sons 
a lot of sons, if if you sit there and you you hitting on mama, even if he's playing fight, they're gonna be like, well, I play fight with my mom. And guess what? Some girl gonna be rose like you ain't gonna touch me in general. And then when she put her hands on, then he gonna get serious. Mm -hmm. So don't put the toxicity in all the stuff and church people mm -hmm. and and believers. <laughs> Let's be real. Stop sitting here acting like if we were more real with each other, we could get more done. Mm -hmm. Because then we wouldn't sit here and be like, ooh, girl, you go through that? Man, I ain't never went. Do you know, Negro, please. Like my bishop used to say in East Oakland, Negro, please. You've been through the same thing I went through. You mm -hmm. just don't want to tell nobody your mm -hmm. business. Because yep. everybody that, that got a lending ear want to know your business, but I bet you they don't That's tell true. their business. Yep. So you have to be real about this and us, we got to start letting all these traditions. That's why I went non denominational, I'll be honest with you. Yeah. And uh, I left the Baptist uh, convention because I saw too much tradition, no Jesus. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Let's say it again. I saw too much tradition, no Jesus. Right. Everybody was politicking in there, but nobody was talking about Jesus and helping. Like, you know, if you see somebody in, I grew up in the poverty neighborhood and I, my, I got family members that was on drugs. Mm -hmm. And I saw how the preachers teach them, oh, like the homeless people. Oh, here's some food and this money and, and go away. No hug. Let me help you. Despite if they let you down, you've got people in your church that's going to let you down every day. So what's the difference between the person that's out there that's really struggling right. compared to the person that's going to be there regardless if you really help them, if they going to not help them, or if you just give them the word? Because like I said before, pastor's only supposed to do two things. What is that? Preach and pray. But we do way more than that, and we be out of lane, and we be spinning ourselves because we realize that all the stuff we try to do is because we try to save somebody, because we really care for somebody. We really love people. Mm -hmm. We got genuine care, and we saw how people did us back then, pastor so-and-so did us wrong, so we want to be a different, right? But then we realize why pastor so-and-so did so-and-such, and you have to start <laughs> growing that way. Yeah. Yeah. So as a collective... How pleasant to dwell is it, brothers, to dwell in unity? You know, brothers and sisters together as a body of Christ, we have to dwell in unity and help each other. Yep. Amen. Amen. You know how many people would get deliverance? You know how many people would be like, you know what? Because guess what? Just because you hide in your secret don't mean people don't know. Yeah, I want to, so my church, Christ the King Christian Fellowship, we're non-denominational as well, came from the Baptist roots. Um, and I, you know, for me, I, I agree with you, a lot of politics and, you know, um, and, and, and that type of stuff. But I just want to say this. So our church, I tell them, people all the time, like, I got like a real gangster church. Like, <laughs> like CTK. Yeah, so they gangster. Um, so I tell people, they come over there clowning, it's going to be a real bad day for them. But um, I, we, I just, I advocate, just be real. Mm -hmm. So like, and I think it went too far because they like Pastor Jay, Pastor Jay, the girl type, woman type, um, female type, female yep. type. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm doing this or this going on, and you just like I don't want to know that much about you. Right. But really, it it um, it helps me though because the more I kind of know, I mean, when I say these church folks, because they don't know any better, they weren't saved, yeah. so they don't really know that I don't need to know all of that information. I'm right. talking like stuff where you like. Um, Okay, first of all, I don't really want to know that much. That's like way, way, way too much. But they tell me because they, in their mind, well, you can help me. Right. So I'm going to tell you everything. So let me tell you what happened last night. Let me tell you what Ooh. I did. What do, do, do. You like, uh, okay. But it helps me and it helps us. Right. Because now I can, I'm like 
for real know how to pray for you because you're right. telling me the exactly real stuff. Exactly what to do and not the general. Yeah, you and, know, and, and, the and then I can thing. guide them. Mm-hmm. You know, I can really guide them. So right now with our men's ministry, um, what we're starting to do is um, um, the Lord dropped in my spirit, take them where they are. Most of my um, the young men at our church have never had a father figure at all. By the way, if you're a single mom and, and you, you, you don't remarry, get your son some type of father figure. Mm-hmm. Don't have to be, you know, I'm going out to find me a man so that way, you know, my boys have a, a father. You know what? I'm not going to settle just because so they can have a father figure because when they grown and they like 20 years you old. You still stuck with it. You still stuck with that yeah. Negro. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Say <it. laughs> and I'm not trying to be stuck with nobody. I'm sorry. Like, no, I'm not doing that. But what I'm saying is so so even if you don't find that husband, then try to find your, your, um, your sons or your daughters, I guess, if you're a single father. Try to find some 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 figures right. that they can look to and that will help and to guide them in areas that you can't because you're not the same gender. But um, side note, but yeah, so I just believe that we got to be real. We got to just like you know own stuff. I was telling the leaders yesterday. I said you don't you'll know when pastor's stressed out, and they're like how? I said because I usually will drop like five pounds in like two weeks, mm. and they're like, yeah, um, okay. So what should we do when that happens? I'm like just make me aware of it. <laughs> Like, just like, hey, are you good? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And they were like, really couldn't believe that I had, I was that open. I said, because what will happen is I'll be sh- stressed. You know what I mean? Like, we're human first, y'all. Like, right. you know? And so I'll, I'll be stressed. And so what I do when I'm stressed is I'll go, I can't control this. I can't control that. I can't control this. But I can control what I eat. So I'm just going to choose. This is literally what I say to myself. I'm just not going to eat nothing. I ain't going to eat. And it's my way of gaining back control, some control over something. Do you get right. what I'm saying? Yeah. And so that that's not a that's not a good thing. And I wasn't saying it to them like, you know, proud, like and yeah, I just won't eat. No, what it is is it's um that's my cry for help. Mm-hmm. So when you see your pastor going through that, when you see me lose some weight, just know I probably stop eating. Mm-hmm. Right? So then you can come help me. Right. Now see, that's realness that I had never heard before. But at Christ the King, I'm just like, look. This is what you can look for. You will see me lose weight. So you need to pull me off to the side and try to figure out what's going on. I'll stop sleeping. I'll get bags under my eyes, and I will lose five pounds. It will happen like it happens like once a quarter. And they're like, wow. So we, we can come to you. Right. Yes, come to me and try to figure out what's going on. Amen. You know? And they're like, okay, well, we're going to look out. And their faces just look like, because this wasn't just young people. These were, you know, seasoned saints that are, are my leaders. And they were just like, wow, oh. Okay, well, we definitely going to do that. Mm-hmm. So it's time for us to stop playing church. Like, let's just be real. Let's be honest. It doesn't right. matter. If you're a pastor and you're struggling or you, you, you can identify things that you go through, tell the people. And I'm right. not saying you got to tell everybody every single thing of your life, but it's because okay to tell everybody. everything ain't supposed to be out there. Just no. thought it no, out No, everything there. ain't going to be out there. You <laughs> yeah. can't put everything. You can't put, because people, because the higher... The higher the levels, the bigger the devil. So first of all, new level, new you, devil. Man, you get them, you get them devils that be in your own church with sheep clothing. Yeah. But them wolves waiting for that. What you say? Mm. And you be crucified by Monday. So you have to realize. That's true. What you first of all pray before you speak anything. So mm-hmm. and, and and be honest with what you're doing because God gonna allow you to say what needs to be said without mm-hmm. any repercussion if you pray first. My God. Should I say this? Give me the word. Okay. Mm-hmm. You telling me to say this? All right, go ahead. Let me go ahead and say it. Because one thing we have to realize, too, is that at the end of the day, you can't be so worried about what other people do mm-hmm. 
Because like my grandfather always said, you got taking care of you is a 24-hour job. And as soon as you worry about somebody else, you take off your own job. So you have to realize this. You can only lead people. If they don't take it, then leave it alone and deal with what you got and keep going forward. Yeah. Because you will end up... Like, have y'all ever noticed in Jonah that the people in Jonah was tripping mm. when they picked up Jonah on the boat? And the mariners was like, everybody pray to y'all gods. I don't care what gods you got. Just pray to your gods. Oh, we about to die. And, you get, and guess what? The whole time Jonah was asleep. You could be in that moment of panic, and the person you're trying to help will be dead, sleeping, not worried about you. A lot of times. And you could be, and then die in your grave, and they'll still be doing the same thing. Yeah. Learn that self-care is not to be confused with being selfish. Right. Mm-hmm. Because if you can't give it, you <laughs> you can't give it. As simple as that. And that's, that's what I feel like a lot of times in people in, in leadership roles, we, mm-hmm. we fail to mm-hmm. because we we know it's a service, but you can't give nothing if you ain't got nothing. Well, so yeah. it, it, it's, it's real deep to think about that. And we kind of went super over because oh, I see, you know, coach's wife like, Negro, we got to go to church. So uh, <laughs> excuse you. You need to answer the phone. So with oh. that being said, is there any, where can everybody find you and uh, where can they find your church? My church is 4085 North Rancho Drive, Suite 110 and 120. Um, that is on Rancho and Alexander in the northwest part of town. You can also find me at ChristTheKingChristianFellowship.com, all spelled out. And then, of course, on Facebook, um, Juanita Julia. There's a, a regular page, and then there's my personal page. I got a few spots on my personal page. <laughs> I may add you in. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. Um, but you can find me there. You got an Instagram, too. Oh, do, yes, I do have an Instagram. Juanita Julia, too. Yep, yeah, yep, you're right. Yeah, because you for sure took a minute to add. Amen. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, yeah. what, did I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that was her team's fault. Uh, yeah, that was, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that was the stress. That was yeah. stress. But you know, you know what? When you're pastoring, you got to like seem like you're way important. So maybe that's what it was. <laughs> no, I actually, you know, no, no, this is the truth. I don't even, like, on my Instagram, when I do finally add people, I just forget to add people. Like, because it's not there like Facebook is there. So, like, I'll, like, stumble across it, and I'm like, look at all these people, and then I'll just start adding people. So, I'm just, like, telling you that's really what happened. Okay. That's what's <laughs> Your up. feelings hurt? A little bit. Your feelings so, hurt? <laughs> back to the people, y'all. But guess what? This is Pastor Jay, and like always, it ain't got to stop. Why not? Because at 11 o'clock. What's going on? At Rancho High School, you could be able to check out Judah Family Community Church where I'm not preaching today. But you'll be able to get a good word today. Um, come on. We at Rancho in the theater. Doors open at 1030. Um, get a good word. If you can't make it out, like always, we have a big electronic community of 200 and some people every Sunday Amen. that I'm going to start challenging y'all to start tithing dough. But <laughs> still... Go ahead and check us out on the virtual campus at Judah Family Community Church Facebook page where you can be able to see the sermon live. You can be able to donate, be able to do prayer requests and all that. And, yeah, check us out. But with that being said, and, you know, I'm going to be different closing out today because tomorrow, I ain't going to lie, y'all. I'm nervous. I ain't going to lie. So um, 
Everybody pray for me. Pastor Jay is going. Pastor Jay male type since I got to say that today. You know, because I don't want people to be like, Pastor Julie, you going to surgery? No. Pastor Jay male type is going to surgery tomorrow um, at Dignity Health. Pray. I have um, having a procedure done, having surgery. Pray for me. I hate surgeries. But, you know, I want to break the curse of black people being a stereotypical person where they find out it's when it's too late. Yeah. So this year was my my year. Instead of me saying, I want to get more healthy and go to the gym, I want to say, let me go and deal with all my ailments despite and miss work because they'll replace you when you die. Yeah. So <laughs> don't sit here and make it that more important than your health. Right. So I went and I found I have to have surgery. I have, have to have a few surgeries and all this year but my book is still coming out though y'all thought y'all forgot my book is still coming out but i'm still have to take care of me so with that being said pray for me y'all i'll be going under the knife <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, tomorrow and and thank god Amen. everybody give commitments and claps for lady aj who's taking me <laughs> so that she can see me cry like a baby no but <laughs> hey i cry i don't care what nobody say Real surgery is serious Amen. Oh, yeah. Amen. Yeah. So, like I was saying, this is Pastor Jay. You can find me at Instagram at AnointedJaylon or Twitter, which I never check, but I'm there at AnointedJaylon. <laughs> and you can find me at Pastor Jaylon Calhoun on Facebook. Shout outs to the clip page, Christian Life in Paradise page. That's where uh, we be throwing them gems. Bam. And Pastor Julia. Pastor J, female type, is part of it. So if you're listening, you can check her out. She'll never post none, so I'm going to challenge her today personally in front of her <laughs> so she can post something. But still, we be posting on there. And, this, and that page was made for what we talked about today, to have real talks and not have people talk about you, but to actually fix the issue. Amen. So, you know, if you're struggling with something, if you need prayer, if you're going through something, that's why that group page was made so that a whole bunch of pastors and ministers and seasoned people that's been there, done that, and is not judged or being biased will help you be on the page. It's called Clip, Christian Life in Paradise. Pretty dope. I'll share it after the broadcast today. But we'll leave you with this. Say it loud. I'm black and I'm proud. Amen. Woo! That's my closing today. Black History Month. How you say that? Hey now, say now. Hit me up on PayPal. All right. Have a wonderful week, everyone. <laughs> Stay focused. I can't, obviously, on this broadcast. <laughs> and this is Coach Hill. You can find me on Instagram at 910Coach. And uh, just remember, it's okay not to be prepared. For the storm, but what is not okay is not to adapt to the new changes. Amen. You got anything oh. to say, Pastor J, female type? <laughs> um, yeah, just keep God first and all you do. I'm on my way to Christ the King Christian Fellowship, so I, but I don't preach today either. So signing off and <laughs> <laughs> hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Amen.